0: Good word, isn't it? Oh. Happy Father's Day, and uh, we're uh, glad that you're here at uh, Windsor Road this morning, and uh, I want to talk about encouragement. I've got a passage of Scripture that I want us to uh, uh, to be challenged by that speaks about the importance of fatherly encouragement and so if you have your bibles i'd like you to turn to first thessalonians chapter 2 first thessalonians chapter 2 and i'm going to be reading verses 9 through 12 you'll find first thessalonians 2 9 through 12 on page 986 of your church bibles 986 of your church Bibles, and um, we have first-time guests here every Sunday at Windsor Road, and so um, if you don't have a Bible to call your own and you want one, just take a copy of that church Bible and put your name in it, and please receive it as a a gift from this church family. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. The Apostle Paul writes, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. This is God's Word. Richard Phillips is a pastor and an author, and in one of his books, he tells about a time when he was 12 years old. His father was served in the military and was deployed... Uh, to Vietnam, and it was a very formative year in his life, and yet yet that was the year that he grew closer to his father. And it was because his father had sent him letters every week. And his dad didn't get into the uh, military issues about his deployment. But he did talk about the neat stuff that he had seen. That week and the experiences that he had had, and and Richard Phillips says that his father knew all about his comings and goings because you know, his mother had given him the details, and then Richard would receive letters from his dad. You know, dear Ricky, Ricky, dear Ricky, uh, your mom told me that you made this. Fantastic catch at the baseball game and the home run that you hit, and the team won. I know that I wasn't there to see it, but I can imagine that in my mind over and over again. You making the catch, you hitting that home run, your team winning. I just want to let you know how proud I am of you. Richard Phillips says that his father's letters touched every area of his life. It it was as if his father, uh, you know, had had the intelligence, of course, by his mother. What was going on? His father was staying connected. His father was being involved uh, in his world, even though he was a half a world away. And Richard Phillips remembers that season as a catalyst that allowed him to grow closer and closer and closer to his father, uh, even into adulthood. So much so that then when his father was preparing for life in the heavenly realm, Richard Phillips was there reading the Psalms as his dad stepped into the arms of Jesus. The power of a father's encouragement and the influence that we have fellow fathers, um, whether you're a biological father or an adoptive father or a spiritual father, the powerful influence that we have over the lives of those in our families. And uh, and the Apostle Paul knows something about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 because he is encouraging this young church that... Uh, he formed when he came to Thessalonica in the first century, and he was able to stay in close contact with them through this letter, which we now have, telling us of his heart for them and the encouragement that he gave. And we can learn from Paul's encouragement to that church family, to our own family, and, and, and the kind of encouragement that that definitely includes therapeutic encouragement soothing encouragement that is so needed and important when the hearts of our children are aching we know that we practice that we're going to read a little bit about that but yet the kind of encouragement though that goes beyond therapeutic soothing the kind of encouragement that helps our children and our families grow their hearts for Christ. Biblical encouragement is what I share to help the hearts of those I love become more and more like the heart of Christ. Biblical encouragement is what I share to help the hearts of those I love become more and more like the heart of Christ. And I want us to see how Paul did that in these verses, because there's more than one way to encourage. Actually, Paul gives us three ways. He gives us three words that we're gonna center on in verse 12 that tells about the kind of encouragement that will help hearts grow more and more like the heart of Christ. He talks about, the, he talks about walk the line encouragement. He talks about comfort the heart encouragement. And then he talks about in your face Encouragement, all right? So let's just explore each of those, beginning with walk-the-line encouragement. That's in verse 12. We exhorted, that's the word, we exhorted each one of you. Exhortation. That's really not a church word. It's a secular word. In the first century, it described what a Roman father did in his household to socialize his children, To socialize the the sons and daughters in the family. Son, this is how a Roman man thinks. This is how a Roman man speaks. This is how a Roman man interacts. Sweetheart, this is how a Roman lady responds. This is how a Roman lady interacts and relates and listens and speaks and leads, you see. It's about socializing. Well, the apostle Paul takes that word and he Christianizes it. We, we know, Thessalonians, what your Roman fathers did, but you have a heavenly father who wants you to think like an heir of the coming kingdom. And so here's the standard. Here, here's the lane that you need to stay in. And we read that throughout 1 Thessalonians, specifically in 1 Thessalonians 4. Here's the standard for how God wants you to, to exercise control over your bodies in holiness and with honor. And then in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we'll see uh, next week, there's just a, a, a staccato series of phrases where Paul is encouraging these believers this is what your heavenly father expects. Here's how I want you to respond. Here's what he wants you to do uh, because you already are a child of God. So, what Our heavenly father wants is for you to become the person he already says you are, you see. And this kind of encouragement, this walk the line encouragement, um, is magnified and, and amped by the example of the father himself, you see. I think that's what's behind verses 9 and 10 where Paul says, You remember, brothers, our labor and toil, we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. When Paul brought the gospel to the Thessalonians, he didn't do that for the purpose of receiving anything from them. He came there to give, not to get, not to take advantage of them and Paul says, you see, you saw our lives. Our lives were very open with you, verse 10. You are witnesses. And God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. So, so a, a spiritually, healthy, fatherly encouragement doesn't just tell the children what to do, but shows them by his life. They don't just, they don't just point the way. They walk alongside the children to show the way. We're doing this together. Healthy, fatherly encouragement warns children but doesn't shame the children. Walk the line. What might that look like in your household? What might that look like? What does walk the line encouragement look like in relationship with your? sons and daughters no matter what age group because you know as our children grow older our authority over them may decrease but as our children grow older our influence over them can actually be on the rise you see by telling but also by showing walk the line encouragement what's that look like in your life well there's also another kind of encouragement and and verse 12 actually uses the word encourage and that's the word that's that's comfort the heart encouragement comfort the heart encouragement and and it describes what we do to our loved ones to to ease their pain to soothe them Uh, This word shows up in chapter 5, verse 14, where Paul says, encourage the faint-hearted. Our children come and they say, Dad, I'm tired. Dad, I'm weak. Dad, I want to give up. Dad, I want to quit. Dad, my faith is flagging. And wise is the Father that comes alongside and says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. He who promised is faithful. He will do it. So don't quit. Don't give up. Endure. Persevere. Get on the boat. Do your job. Get back home. Get on the boat. Do your job. Get back home. That was my favorite line in the movie Breach. Breach, which described the the sting operation against Robert Hansen, who is America's worst traitor. And he was brought down by a 20-something-year-old FBI agent. Real, real story, true story, Eric O'Neill. And in the movie, Eric O'Neill is under intense pressure, and uh, his marriage is straining, and his life is in danger, and he is so faint-hearted in one scene. He goes to his dad, and he can't talk about what's going on with his dad, but all I can say is, I, have you ever thought about Quitting. And his dad told him in the movie what what his father had told his dad when he was deployed, get on the boat, do your job, get back home. He just made it simple. Get on the boat, do your job, get back home. That kind of, listen, dads, we need to be the safe harbor in the stormy seasons of our children's lives. They're looking for us to depend upon us and the strength that we can provide. And sometimes that strength comes uh, by means of verbal encouragement, a verbally spoken word over the phone. Sometimes it's a well-timed text. Sometimes it's a touch, a look, a word, a touch that will soothe the soul. Again, what would that look like in your household? What would that look like to give A comfort the heart encouraging word. Walk the line. Comfort the heart. And then thirdly, Paul says that there's a third kind of encouragement. uh, In your face encouragement. Well, that's pretty well self-explanatory, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, He uses the word charged. We charged you to walk. It's in your face. And sometimes our children need that. And one of my colleagues in ministry puts it this way. Every boy needs a man in his face challenging him with wisdom regarding critical issues and decisions in his life. Every boy needs, every girl for that matter, needs a man in their faces challenging them with wisdom regarding critical issues and challenges. Every boy needs a man who will who will lovingly and firmly and unflinchingly correct him when he makes a bad decision. Our prisons are full of people whose fathers did not do that. I told you about Richard Phillips and the letters that he received from his father, the comfort, the heart. Some of those letters were in your face. Dear Ricky, your mother informed me that you refused to follow her instructions last week. I want you to know... How disappointed I was to hear that I am serving our country. I need you to step up in your face. It's time to step up. It's time to get up. It's time to rise up. It's time to man up. Let's go. Let's go. Walk the line. Comfort the heart in your face. These are the tools of encouragement that we have to influence our children so that their hearts beat more Like the heart of Christ. And wise is the father who knows his children such that he is able to administer the correct kind of encouragement. Because our children are all different, right? Some of our children need more. They need more comfort the heart. Others of our children, they need clear definitions. They need boundaries. And then others of our children, they need us to be in their face again and again and again, and again, and again. It's hard to figure that out sometimes, right? It just is. And then there's something else that's going on that we haven't even talked about and that some of us may not even know that is there, but it's there, believe you me, it's there. It's an an overlooked truth about fatherly encouragement, and here it is. Listen up. In the heart of every dad is a longing to receive the very thing he's been tasked to give. I'll say that again. In the heart of every dad is a longing to receive the very thing he's been tasked to give. So we've been tasked, fathers, to encourage our children to walk the line. Well, you know, sometimes we need that. And, and, and every boy needs a man in his face. You know what? Sometimes we need people in our face. And our children, they need their hearts to be comforted. You know what? We need our hearts to be comforted as well. And you know why, don't you? You know why. Because for some of us, Father's Day is really not a day to celebrate. It's not. It's a day to grieve. Grieving maybe the father that you never knew or the ache That shows up of losing your father or the ache of an abusive father or the ache of just your father disappointed you and you are trying to make peace with the fact that he's never going to give you what it is you really would like or the ache of longing to be a father. Or just this messy grief that you feel where on the one hand, on Father's Day, you celebrate the wonderful father you had while at the same time wondering whether or not your husband's ever going to become one. Or, or you know, you go to the store and you read these, these Father's Day cards and, and, you, you, and you wish that they could be true. You wonder if he'll ever change. May I comfort your heart for just a minute? I know a God who sees your ache. And I know a God who promises to be present in the lives of his people when when they feel disappointment, when they feel abandoned, when they feel left behind. I know a God who provides the very thing that we fathers have been tasked to share. And this is the God that the Apostle Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort we ourselves have received comforted by God. But Paul had the resources to encourage those Thessalonians because God himself had comforted and encouraged and soothed. His character was forged in the fires of persecution and loneliness when he had no one else to depend on but God. And his hardships in a mysterious way drew him into close, intimate fellowship with god such that he would say in the letter to the philippians i want to know christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead out of his lonely darkness paul was schooled in the art of encouragement we fathers, we, we, we need the very thing we've been tasked to share. So, so listen. Huh. So don't believe every Instagram photo you see today. All right? Digital photos of perfect families with perfect fathers beaming with straight pearly white teeth. Well, they may be exactly what they are. And, and they could very well be well- Constructed masks to cover the pain that might be more similar to yours than you know. See? Encouragement. Helping others' hearts be more and more like the heart of Christ by walking the line and comforting the heart and in your face and realizing that God himself, God himself is equipped to give us what we've been tasked to share to others. Um, Some time ago, there was a men's retreat, not not at our church, but uh, about 30 or 40 men gathered in a large circle, and they began to share uh, the joys and struggles in life, and and there was a young man, 20-something-year-old young man who just began sobbing all of a sudden, And, and he began wailing. He began saying, why didn't he want me? I don't understand why my dad didn't want me. Why didn't he want me? What's wrong with me? What's, and, and none of the other men had an answer to that question, as the young man kept saying. Am I such a defect that I am unlovable as a son and as a man? See, he still needed that affection from his father. And what happened next was absolutely a, a, a thing of beauty and grace and mercy. One of the older men came and stood up and walked over and sat by him and said, I'll be your dad. You'd be my son starting today. And they were. And over the next years, their relationship deepened and grew. And that older man was able to give to that younger man who was able to receive this love as if from his heavenly father. And his heart was enlarged. What if, what if what happened at that retreat could be replicated here in this room with our church family? What if, what if, what if we could be a true community of sharing our hearts? Are we close enough to one another that that we can define reality and encourage one another to walk the line? Are we close enough to one another to be able to say, my heart aches, it needs to be soothed? Are we close enough that that can happen? Are we close enough to one another to get in someone else's face? Are we close enough to do that? What, 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 What if, you know, these campus improvement projects, what if in that children's facility a year from now or two years from now, we had surrogate fathers... Loving, encouraging, being present in the lives of sons and daughters, loving them, helping their hearts grow and grow more like Christ. What if, you know, in that administrative area now that will soon be a connection point and a a cafe gathering area, what if the older men and the younger men, what if some spiritual parenting could occur in that place? Not just Sunday after church, but throughout the week. What if our church became known for (laughs) encouraging others to walk the line, for being an emergency room for the heart to be comforted, and yeah, yeah, even being a boot camp to get in your face about becoming the man or woman of God that he's called you to be, who has called you into his kingdom and glory, his own kingdom and glory. What would it take for that? I know. I know. Once upon a time, God took the strength of a mountain, the majesty of a tree, the warmth of a summer sun, the calm of a quiet sea, the generous soul of nature, the comforting uh, uh, of night, the wisdom of the ages, the power of the eagle's flight, the joy of a morning in spring, the faith of a mustard seed, the patience of eternity, the depth of a family need, then God combined all of these qualities, and when there was nothing more to add, you know what he called that? Dad.